Hello and welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome to anyone who's found us for the first time. It's no accident that you are here today, friend. So please stay with us. See what the Lord has for you today. Oh, he loves us so, and he has graciously given us his word, and I just love that we can think about it together. Welcome back to all you regular listeners. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for coming back day after day. Uh, What a joy it is to be here with you. I want you to know that I have just prayed for all of you. I pray for you regularly, even though I don't know who all of you are. God knows who you are. He knows what you're in the middle of, what you're going into, what you're coming out of. He is faithful. He knows, he sees, he hears the cries of his people. And so be encouraged by that. You can trust him completely. He is faithful. We may not understand the things that are all going on in each of our lives. We may not understand the rough patches. Uh, We may not understand why certain people go through some things and certain people uh, go through different things. But God is a good God. He is a loving God. He sees the whole picture. We don't. Um, And just go back when things are difficult. I just feel like I need to encourage you uh, to go back to what you know is true. And that he that is that he loves us. He makes a way for us. He has said he will never leave us or forsake us. And we can trust that. Uh, Please consider sharing this podcast with friends, family, neighbors, strangers, just anyone who you think may receive a blessing from it and know that I love to hear from you. So if you feel so led, send me a message sometime and let me know what the Lord's doing in your life as you're spending more time with him. Well, our verse for the day comes, let's see, what is today? For March the 4th, 2024, comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. And you may think to yourself, well, that's an interesting thing. What, what is that confidence? What do they mean? Well, that's what we're going to figure out. We're going to look and see what Paul was talking about. But we do have confidence through Christ toward God in everything. He is faithful. That is just a common theme we must not forget. So I'm so excited, so excited for us to park here. But you know, if you've been on this journey with me for very long, I think now is the time that we need to look at where we are in the scripture. Think about what was going on in this letter, what may have caused Paul to write this letter to the believers at Corinth and uh, see what we can learn. We know that Paul wrote this letter because at the beginning of the of 2 Corinthians, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth with all the saints who are in the hall of Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul does in just about all of his letters uh, that we have, he opens up and tell us, tells us who he is. He doesn't always give us his credentials in the opening, but in most of those he does. And here in this letter today, he tells us, why is he able to write this letter? Well, he's an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. 
that apostle means that he was appointed directly by the Lord to be a messenger of the truth, a messenger of the gospel, a steward of this great mystery, as he tells us in some of his other uh, letters. And so he was not in that original apostle group, as we've discussed before, like those uh, men who were called from Jesus's disciples and Jesus called them to be apostles during his earthly ministry. And they walked with him and talked with him, saw all of his miracles. They saw his um resurrection. Well, they saw his crucifixion, then they saw him after he was resurrected. They saw him ascend back to heaven. Um, that was uh, those those 12 apostles that are spoken of in the gospel. Paul was an opponent of the way. He was an opponent of Christianity. He was a Pharisee. He uh, describes himself as a blasphemer against the way to begin with because he thought that they were on the wrong track. He did not think that this Jesus really was the Messiah. Um, But God graciously met him on the Damascus Road as he was on his way to uh, persecute more Christians. And uh, he saw the light, so to speak. You know, we read that a very bright light surrounded him. And then after that, he couldn't see anything for three days. Um, But God got his attention. Jesus said, uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And he told him what to do. He told him to go on ahead to Damascus. And uh, there, a man named Ananias had been prepared by the Lord to speak to uh, Saul, who was later uh, Paul. It's the same guy. Um, And to tell him what he would do and how much he would suffer for the name of the Lord. And this completely changed Paul's direction. And he became uh, just a wonderful missionary for the gospel, missionary uh, of Christ, sharing this good news of the gospel throughout. Um, And of course, God knew that before the foundations of the earth. He knew because he had made Paul uh, about his personality. He'd given him his skills. He So he knew that once he... uh, was doing things for God that it would be full force all the time because that's how Paul was. And he so cared for the people that he shared the gospel with whom he shared the gospel. Um, he cared so much for them that he often wrote letters back to them. And some, as we've discussed, like Romans and, um, Colossians, he wrote before he even met all the believers in person. But this letter to the Corinthians uh, was back because he had spent time in Corinth. He had spent 18 months in Corinth, uh, living there, uh, teaching the people, encouraging them, discipling them. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 18, um, how he went to that uh, city. And Corinth was just a very worldly city. There was lots of idols, lots of pagan worship and Uh, or pagan uh, uh, religions and idol worship and all kinds of stuff like that. And um, he went there and went to the Jewish synagogue first, but as happened in most of the cities uh, to which he traveled, he was usually run out of the synagogue. 
and uh, then he went to the Gentiles, and so he was there for a good while, 18 months, and then he went away to Ephesus, but after he went away, he heard that there were some troubles with the believers there at Corinth, and that divisions were creeping in, and they had also sent him a letter uh, to ask questions about different things, and so he wrote First Corinthians, um, to address those issues. He wrote 1 Corinthians to address that division and also to talk to them about worship and then to answer some of their questions. Well, after this, he got another report that things were getting even worse, that some false teachers had crept in and they were trying to undermine the truth of the gospel. They were undermining Paul's apostleship and uh, saying that he really wasn't an apostle and what he was teaching was not true. And this uh, just troubled Paul so much that he went back briefly and he describes this as the painful visit uh, it did not go well. Uh, the people were following, they were still believed the false teachers, those false apostles, as opposed to Paul. And so this hurt him. He left and he he wrote something called the severe letter um, and sent that back to him. I think he sent it with Titus and uh, he awaited anxiously to hear how they would respond and uh, I think Titus later met him and said, um, you know, many of those have come to their senses. They have seen the truth and they uh, realized that what you were telling them, Paul, was true. And so Paul writes this letter of Second Corinthians back. It's a very personal letter. Um, thankful that many of those uh, with whom he, for whom I should say, he cared so much um, and for uh, whose souls he was concerned about uh, had turned back to the right way, back to the truth of the gospel, exactly what Paul had shared with them. And so he, he wrote this back. He defends his apostleship. He encourages them to uh, continue the work that they had started when he was back there, uh, when he had sent the letter in First Corinthians about gathering up the um, offering for Jerusalem. They they were going to support some of the believers in Jerusalem, and that had fallen by the wayside, and he encouraged them to continue in what they had said that they would do and talks to them about false teachers and false apostles. And uh, so that's what we find in this letter of Second Corinthians. And there's still, there's just so much here so much here, and I love these letters of Paul's. Uh, it's just such a blessing any time that we can be here. And you know, Paul had told them, and he had lived out this example in his life that he was, he went through great hardship. He went through great sufferings. He went through great difficulties to share the gospel, um, and he knew that that was necessary. God had told him that he would suffer much for the gospel, but also he was imitating Christ. Christ suffered much. Paul knew that this was part of uh, sharing the truth of the gospel because there would be uh, all the opposition that would come against him, but he had so much encouragement, and he wanted to encourage the uh, the believers at Corinth. And I love the way that he opens up this letter. He says in 
first Corinth, I'm sorry, second Corinthians chapter one, verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are any are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. He knew that any comfort, any difficulties he had uh, would lead to comfort from God. And then that comfort that he received from God, he could give to others who were going through similar afflictions. And so he was going to be comforting those that he was writing to, um, encouraging them, exhorting them, spurring them on. He says in First uh, Corinthians, oh, gracious Second Corinthians one five, for as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. And he goes on to talk about the difficulties that they had had and how the plans had changed, but it was that they were following God's very clear direction. It was not some man-made agenda. They were they were definitely doing what God was talking about. And when I talk about they, it's Paul and his traveling companions, Timothy and sometimes Silas, um, those that traveled with him. But uh, he, they were given definite direction by the Holy Spirit as to what they were to do. And then he talks about in chapter 2, he mentions about that painful visit. He said he had made up his mind not to make another painful visit to them, but he tried to explain that the he he was just struggling mightily for them. He wanted them to believe the truth, and it just pained him so. And um, then he talks about how he had adored being opened for him to preach in Troas, but he just couldn't go because his spirit was just not settled. He was so worried about these believers at Corinth and and those false teachers that had crept in. But then he was able to meet with Titus and Titus was able to reassure him. And so I want to read uh, from about um, verse 14 of chapter 2 up to our verse for the day so you can see this flow of thought. Um, Paul says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to one a fragrance from death to death to the other a fragrance from life to life who is sufficient for these things for we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. So he was showing the difference between he and uh, Titus and Timothy and uh, Silas, that they were commissioned by God, um, hoping, I think, that the people there would see the difference between a true apostle and those false apostles. And then he goes on to tell a little bit more about it here. He says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, as some do, and I think he's referring to those false apostles, letters of recommendation to you or from you? He's like, do we need, do we need letters from you or, or to you to say who we are? 
And he says, you yourselves are our letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And I'm going to stop right there, right before our verse for the day. I think what Paul was saying is what was you have the evidence in you. You were the letter. You were uh, able to show that what we spoke to you was true because the Holy Spirit came in and transformed your lives. The Holy Spirit made you new, just like what we've been telling you. Once you believe, you receive the Holy Spirit and it changes you. It changes things. You're a new creation. He goes on to say in uh, chapter five, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone away Uh, the new has come and so he's saying you show that you are a letter from christ delivered by us written not with ink but with the spirit so the holy spirit of the living god not on tablets of stone so not like the the old testament law that moses was given to write um, well that the lord wrote with his finger on the tablets and then later i think moses had to go back and rewrite it um but God wrote originally with his finger, with the finger of God on those. He says, it's not written on tablets of stone, but it's on your hearts. And remember, we talked about this a few days ago. I just love the way that God does this. When we were in Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-five, and um, way back in those books of prophecy, you know, hundreds of years before this, and God told them that he was, there would be a new covenant, not like the one that it, the that their forefathers had broken in the wilderness, uh, but it would be a new covenant. And we know it now that that covenant was in Jesus' blood. But he said, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each one his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. So Paul is, I think, referencing that and saying, you know, this was not a handwritten letter. It was not a letter on tablets of stone like the law. This, this change was written on your heart by the Holy Spirit. And then that, since we know that, that helps this verse four make sense. He says, such. So because of that, because he's written um, with his Holy Spirit on your hearts, because you have been made new, because that uh, there's evidence in your life of the Holy Spirit working within you, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. So Paul is saying, we have this confidence because of what the Holy Spirit does, because it comes through Christ, and we can then be confident before God the Father because it's the Holy Spirit working in us. It's what Jesus has done for us where he... uh, paid the penalty that we owed for our sin so we will now be able to stand before God covered in that righteousness and so that's where our verse this verse as I mentioned at the beginning it's not a standalone verse you have to know what the context is but we have this confidence because of what Jesus has done for us because his his Holy Spirit's work in us, because it is evident in the life of the true believer. He says, such is the confidence that we have through Christ 
toward God, and I'm going to read past it. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, so not of that old law, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And I just love that. We do have confidence. You know, I think about what the writer of the letter to the Hebrews wrote after he had explained that we have a high priest who uh, can sympathize with us because he was in tempted in every way yet was that what the yet was without sin and he says in hebrews four sixteen, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need and so paul had that same confidence um, that they had through christ toward god that uh, the Holy Spirit had worked in them. The Holy Spirit does work in them. Um, and that it came not through man. It was all by the Holy Spirit. It was all through Jesus. It was all God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit who did this. And that's our confidence too, friends. We can trust what his word says. If he said, if it says that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, it is true. When the word says that he came to this earth and he died to pay the penalty for our sin and that we can be forgiven and that we can no longer be slaves to sin and that he covers us in his blood and his righteousness covers us, we have confidence in that. And uh, we have confidence because of what Jesus has done, because what the Holy Spirit's work has, has been and will be in our life. And we will be able to stand that day um, before God unashamed, as we've talked about a few days ago. And so give him thanks for that. Give him thanks for that confidence that we can have. And as I mentioned at the very beginning, when things seem topsy-turvy and things seem difficult and you have doubts, go back to what you know is true. And that word is true. And even I, I think about what the gospel writer John wrote, that you know he was inspired to write so that we would believe and that by believing we would have life in his name. You can know that you have eternal life. You can know that your sins are forgiven. You can know that you're saved. We have that confidence. And so we must believe, we must trust, and may it be for his glory. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.